0: Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World.
1: Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the Ultimate Movie Bucket List.
0: A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're going to need each other. White House, how may I direct your call? As if they answer the phone, just like <laughs> White House.
1: Yeah. The White House. <laughs>
0: I'm gonna start doing that in my house. It's not white, so I'm gonna say brick and siding house.
1: <laughs> it just it doesn't have the same sex appeal.
0: I like it, brick and siding house. Yeah. How may but I direct your weird.
1: call? Like if you just call reception at the White House, it's just White House. How white can House. I yes. Who would have thunk? Who would have thunk? Yeah. Mita. Nadim. How's it going?
0: I am living. And breathing.
1: Good. Good. There you go. We have a lot to talk about. And our, so many, so things many things to talk but about. I just want to preface to our listeners that yeah. my son is joining us for our recording. My four-month-old boy. Mita, made a surprise face. We talked about this for a half hour before. <laughs> <laughs> but he's joining us. He is asleep on the bed in the guest room where I record. And if he wakes up suddenly crying, you won't hear the whole thing, but you might hear it in the middle of... Me or Mita talking. So just a warning. Yeah. Maybe we should talk like yeah, this Yeah. So that doesn't wake up. Mita's in a different we house.
0: We have a whole ASMR
1: About 20 <laughs> minutes away from me in car. She does not need to whisper. I don't need to whisper. My son is used to my loud voice. So he will deal. Okay. But I have big news for our listeners. Huge. Huge. I finally yeah. saw the dune. It was a magical Thursday. We saw one of the last showings in IMAX because IMAX was moving into Eternals. So was able to see it Thursday afternoon at noon on IMAX in a pretty actually packed crowd. Oh. Which was weird on a Thursday afternoon. That didn't bother me, but I did able to see it. Work from
0: home life. Everybody just (laughs) bounces.
1: Go to see Dune in the middle of the afternoon. But now Mita and I have actually not talked about Dune. Because we're saving it for here. So we can finally talk about our thoughts.
0: Yes. With limited spoilers because Yeah, of it's course still like it brand new, new and fresh. Even though this too. is coming
1: out at the end of November. But we will we will be respectful of the spoilers. Okay. I'll start. Because you saw it before me.
0: When that the when the end credits came up and the lights came up, mm-hmm. I literally clutched my heart. <laughs> I was just like <laughs> wow oh wow yeah just like wow the the imagery just the whole movie itself like this he truly made this to be experienced on the big screen and i haven't experienced anything like that before yeah and just honestly very captivated by it now in terms of, so I'm not familiar with the source material at all. Neither am I. I haven't seen the um, David Lynch movie, so I wasn't. I didn't know what I was going into one bit. I am really interested to learn more and to like. I don't think I'll read the books just because, like, I they're very long, yeah. and I'm I'm not not going to do that yeah. to myself. But I did like start to look up some things to understand the story, and this movie is quite long. <laughs> It is over two and a half hours. Two and a half?
1: It's like just over two and a half hours. It's not as long as James Bond.
0: Just over two and a half hours. And the source material, I can imagine, has a lot to cover. And of course, he's Denis Villeneuve. And so he's going to want to make sure that he's covering all his bases, especially if he's doing a Uh two-parter. There is so much in this, though, that it's really... Like, if you don't know the material, it can be really draining on you Mm -hmm. and it can it felt it felt really long yeah this movie felt long and i was almost waiting for things to happen there is some action and when it happens it's good but i didn't know these characters i didn't really know where this was going and so i did feel a lot of the time i'm just like okay like what am i watching what is this where is this leading Is there a purpose to this? Like, yes, it's beautiful. And I'm really enjoying this experience because I've never seen anything like it before. But I'm like, is he going to get somewhere Uh with it? And I feel like by the end, you're set up for part two. But I don't know if the end of part one was gratifying enough for me to be as excited for part two outside of the fact that this is just so captivating to watch.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting. It's an interesting and very accurate review. I'd say. I'd mm-hmm. say I feel very much the same. It is spectacular to watch. It is like. Yeah. It is spectacular in a way that, I'm not going to wax poetic about Denis Villeneuve, but mm-hmm. it is spectacular in a way that is not grandiose or gratuitous. It also feels very intimate and in keeping with. It's weird because this is this is a huge scale. It's a yeah. big movie, it's a big world, it's all of that, but at the same time none of it feels excessive.
0: And it's it's, it's typical Denis, it's controlled. It's
1: very that's the best word. It's very controlled yeah. and that is skilled. That is a that is definitely very skilled and as a result mm-hmm. you you are compelled to watch it because it is a very strong film. I think the biggest gripe anyone could have is that it is an incredibly complex film. There is yeah. a lot going on in that first, like, hour and a half. The back and forth of who's who and what's what and, you know, who's two-timing who and what's going on. It's just so much. And the voices and the mind games and what's with the box. There's a lot of questions. and There's a lot of elements. It's a lot of elements. It's a lot of questions. And I feel like by the end, it kind of pieces together. Like, it mm-hmm. does kind of make sense by the end and you get it. But when I walked away from it and I went back and I read the IMDb description, I was like, even this description, like this plot synopsis is complicated to read. Like it's really, it's a lot going on.
0: Should I look it up so I can read it?
1: Yeah, you can. But the one thing I will say is that once the action starts, it mm-hmm. is so, so, good. it's, it's so good. And it's so, such, so much happens in such quick succession. Like it is jam packed and you do feel like. That hour and a half is obviously built up so that the action makes sense, which is great, but also this does feel like a setup for the first, second movie.
0: Yes, it does. It
1: almost feels like the second movie is Dune, and this is just previously on Dune.
0: <laughs> but I'm like, as much as you would want to make sure you set this up properly, like, it is. Could we not have condensed this to maybe just two
1: hours? I wonder. Like, I really do wonder. I don't know, because interestingly enough, the easiest places to cut from would be the action right Mm. and i think that's the that's the best part about this movie is and i rarely say that i'm not an action person but the action sequences especially in the second half they're so good they're so good and and they're so suspenseful
0: because i guess if you did cut those things out then it would just be a really boring yeah and it's it's just so there's so
1: many a the cast is spectacular it's like anytime someone shows up on screen they're an a-lister somehow it's, it's just, you could tell there's a reason people are in this movie. Also, I just want to comment on the fact that I remember when the movie first came out and people complained about the fact that Zendaya wasn't in this. And I was just like, if you went to watch Dune for Zendaya, you deserve to be disappointed.
0: <laughs> but I think that's the appeal. And like, that's the appeal for a lot of teens is that it's Zendaya and it's Timothy Chalamet. And like, there's excitement there for teen, Like the movie, the theater I went into... There were a lot of teen girls in there. And I was like, I'm a little surprised by this because they also did not look like... And yes, I'm stereotyping people. I, look, I'm Indian. That's my life. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the type of girls who would be watching a science They didn't fiction, look like the type yeah. of girls that read Dune yeah. <laughs> and were like super into it. They looked like they were there for Timmy and for Zendaya. And I think it's great that he has this really reputable casting along with this film because they they do a good job i mean zendaya is hardly in it so i can't really say she does a great job in this yeah. movie but timothy chalamet well, timothy does. is very impressive, very impressive in this movie he is because uh, i have this notion of who i think he is but he this really changed my mind on him i kind of thought he was just like this cute boy that everyone's just like i just i don't get, attracted the, to. I don't get
1: the appeal of him of as a sex symbol i yeah. get the appeal of him as an actor I actually think he's a very good actor. And anything I watch him in, specifically Little Women and Call Me By Your Name, he's very good in these movies. Mm-hmm. But I don't get why people think he's so attractive. Because he just seems I like thought... an, a malnourished twink.
0: <laughs> but, like, he's, he's a pretty boy. He yeah. falls into that. And he's, like, kind of artsy and a little, you know, there's a little mystery to him, too. Like, you don't see him talk too much. But then I started watching, like, his interviews. And he's just, like, a young teenage boy. Yeah. He has a hard time – like, he has so many thoughts and, like, wants to express them, but he doesn't quite know how to narrow it down, and, like, he gets so, like, overwhelmed. There's, like, an interview Variety did with him and Emma Stone, and he's just, like, so happy to be in the room with Emma Stone and to ask her questions about – career that's and he cute. like gets kind of like overwhelmed with it and it's really cute to watch but this made me realize like he actually is a, a really fantastic yeah. actor yeah um so he stepped it up for me but i think it's great that he did that he was able to cast people that's going to garner a different audience for him and then at the same time it's two actors that are still very good at their jobs
1: i mean zendaya still is in this specifically... It's questionable. It, we don't it, yeah, know yet. We
0: don't... Seen. We'll see in part two, yeah. I think. I don't know. I don't know the story.
1: I'm sure she seems like the whole... It seems like it was a buildup for her. Like, we'll see a lot more of her in part two.
0: I do like Sandaya in the Spider-Man movies, though. Sure. Yeah, she's, like, fun and sarcastic, and... Okay. She's a different type of MJ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: But, yeah, I'm <laughs> super happy I saw...
0: Can you breathe her. now? <laughs> I can. I can. You can live and breathe. Because
1: now I'm going to look forward to other things. And Mita, before we get into all the President's Men, you want to give us a quick load on of the other things you saw last week?
0: Yes. So last week, uh, actually, I saw three movies last week. I only wrote down two in our itinerary, but one of them, you know. I saw Last Night in Soho, The Eternals, and um, Spencer. We talked about Last Night in
1: Soho in Hither. We did? Yeah, because you had watched it and then, like, we recorded that evening.
0: Did we record it or did we... No, no, no. We've recorded it. <laughs> okay. Well, okay.
1: <laughs> Our listeners are like, Yamita. Yeah, okay.
0: You talked about well, it. Well, then I saw Eternals and Spencer yeah. <laughs> on the weekend. And Eternals, it's really interesting to me because it's not like... I think the mindset you need to go into when you're watching it is that I don't think that you're watching a superhero movie mm-hmm. or that you're watching specifically something from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I think if you let go of that you might enjoy it a little bit more okay it's not a perfect movie and I I feel like they might have cut a lot of things out that Chloe Zhao would really want to have done with it um, to appease to those MCU fans Uh but I will say that it is very nice to see all different types of races and um, cultural backgrounds and social backgrounds in this film. Like there are a lot of things I didn't know. I didn't know there was a deaf character. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't know that one of the characters would be a part of the LGBTQ community and they like actually show that. And so it's nice to finally have that like representation mm-hmm. on the screen. And a lot of the reviews that were like poor um that I had been reading was saying that like these were unnecessary or like why did it have to be this person casted and things like that and i just want to say shut up (laughs) (laughs) that's it i don't need to explain myself just shut up yeah shut up and let us have this (laughs) because it was really it was really nice to see not the best but like not terrible i understood where they're going and again this is just sort of like establishing who the eternals are so it's not going to be that great i am excited to see what they do with all of these characters though quickly yes third movie you saw Spencer oh. okay <laughs> I'll tell you what I heard. <laughs> I dropped my mic
1: mic <laughs> <I> drop <it. laughs>
0: um, I'll tell you what I overheard as soon as that movie was over oh, wow. these two little old ladies were sitting in front of me like off to the side not like oh. directly in front of me and then one of them turns to the other and goes that was weird what did you just watch <laughs> That was a weird kind of movie, don't you think? And the other one goes, so weird. What was this? I thought this would be great.
1: <laughs> so was it Jackie and, 2.0? Y- y- uh, yeah.
0: Okay. Actually, 2.0 is a good way of saying it because it, there it, there are some... Uh, it's so it's the same but different. That's how yeah. I would like to think of it because he um, definitely went in a more like artsy kind of tone with this. Okay. But... A lot of this is just the like the imagery of seeing Kristen Stewart as Princess Diana, which yes, is like pretty amazing. She pulls it off.
1: She's she looks good. Looks
0: like her. She's good in it. Yes, I'll give her that. Um, she can do the voice too, which mm-hmm. is like really hard to do, and I think she really pulls that off as well. But I, and I think part of it is I'm just like kind of tired of Diana's story. Yeah. If that's a thing, like I think they're like this year yes, feels
1: especially oversaturated.
0: Right? Yeah. And yes, yeah, she lived a tragic life and she died very young, unfortunately. But I do think there are other people in the world that we could be focusing our attention to and like, what, what are we really learning yeah. about Princess Diana right now? And I don't think this movie kind of teaches you a lesson or really represents anything. And I, I described this to you already. And then I described it to one of my coworkers that also saw it and they said, I totally agree. I really just feel like this could have just been a Vogue cover shoot Uh, of like Kristen Stewart as Diana Spencer and that would have been fine. By
1: Annie Leibovitz.
0: Sure. Yeah,
1: and that would have been Is she
0: still taking pictures? I don't know. But But yes.
1: I heard someone describe it, said it was visually very much like The Shining which I thought was a very interesting comparison which honestly in and of itself made me curious to see it.
0: Some elements of The Shining, like not the I wouldn't say the because there is parts of the movie, there is a part of the movie where I'm like, "Where is this going? Is this going to turn into a horror movie?" And oh. I would have loved that, but it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but it did not. It did not do that. There is a there is some like horror elements in there, but it doesn't succeed in that mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah, All right. That's fair. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on in it, but at the same time, there's not very much going on with it. Yeah. it you have Which to see it exactly what
1: Jackie was. <laughs>
0: You don't need to pay $18 to see it, though. I think you should just wait till it's available on streaming. Good to know. Yeah.
1: But, Mitha, that was a long introduction to what I think our Mm. listeners came to listen to, is to talk about all all the men.
0: Not just all the men, but all the president's Mm, men.
1: All of his men. Yes. So this week, we watched All the President's Men, (laughs) which was Mitha's pick.
0: It was.
1: I am going to give us a quick IMDb discro. Wee oui, wee. Oui. And then Mitha will launch into why she picked this. Okay. So IMDb describes all the president's men as the Washington Post reporters Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein uncover the details of the Watergate scandal that lead to President Richard Nixon's resignation.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's <laughs> the movie. So I
1: want to know two things. Yes. I want to know why you picked this.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I want to know why we watched Dick before this.
0: Okay. So, I, I'll i start with why we I went with Dick sure. before this. Originally, I actually had this at the top of the month, and then th- this week would have been Dick. Right. But then we watched, what did we watch right before? Anson D and NH10. <laughs> yes, which were very, very hard movies to watch. It Very gut-wrenching. A lot of, like, my heart was in pain. So, I, I needed something late yeah. that week, and I was like, I'm going to switch it. Um, but then when I thought about it, I was like, oh, like, wouldn't it be nice to sort of like dip our toes into Watergate, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, and kind of just like lightly understand it. And then uh, by the end of the month, like really get into the scandal and what it was. But initially I had it the opposite. So there really was no rhyme or reason okay, that's fair. to that. Yes. Why I picked it? I real i so it is really hard to find like classic movies well recognized movies that you have not seen because <laughs> you have seen everything from a to z pretty much okay and there was a point I think on the podcast last year where I had mentioned All the President's Men and you were like, oh, I haven't seen it. And I literally like I grabbed a pen and paper as soon as I could because it's like Nadeem hasn't seen All the President's Men. That is like the one movie that I've seen that he hasn't seen. That's like, well, that's renowned and well recognized by people. And so I instantly knew that we were going to have to watch it. So that's one reason. Okay. And then also, I wanted to watch it in November because I watch this movie every four years. Oh, can...
1: interesting.
0: Yes. Every four years around November. Yep. In that month, if you don't know, that's when the U.S. elections are. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will watch all the President's fun because I always think it falls in line with that theme. So, yeah, that's why I chose it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can you get... I, also, I really, I enjoy it okay. quite a bit. So give me your thoughts. Yeah. Well, no, you go oh, first. Oh, I you, go first with this the new thoughts.
1: To you. Oh, oh my god!
0: Yeah, you go first. Me, <laughs> <Well, okay, laughs> I'm, wait, so, I'm so
1: caught off guard. <laughs> I had no idea yeah. I was going to have to speak. <laughs> okay,
0: you go first with the thoughts.
1: So it's interesting because it's interesting that you you picked Dick because of N S N D and N H ten, and you were like, "I want something lighter." Fair enough. Mm -hmm. as I was watching this I was just like I feel like I would have enjoyed Dick more if I saw this first oh yeah so part of me yeah part of me thinks I think I would have felt my knowledge of Watergate is limited like I know I know Richard Nixon's resignation his impeachment all of that like all of those things I know about the Watergate scandal I know I know about like the water the wiretapping all of those things like everything people know I don't know the key players I don't really that much about that I think I care enough to know like because it's a part of essentially just like social history but otherwise Mm -hmm. like I'm not I've never been super interested in it but this dives into a little bit more what happened there and who the key players were and all of that and I think Dick is more satirizing almost this Mm-hmm. so that's why i feel like if i had seen this and then seen dick it would have been like oh this is so clever like it i think i would have had a, a, a level of appreciation more than i did for it because i understood it but then after watching this i think i would have liked it more
0: do you want my itunes password and you can watch dick again
1: i don't i don't think i will make that to be quite honest
0: fine <laughs> <laughs> i do get and that was my original intention yeah but I, I led with my heart instead of and my That's totally head.
1: fair. Yeah. And, like, I did enjoy Dick at the end of it. Like, I, I didn't, like, dislike Dick. So I think it still worked. Part of me thinks... This overall, I'd say, is a good movie. Like, mm-hmm. let us let me start with that. I think this is a good movie. I think it's it has a... For a movie that is about investigative journalism, it has a very nice thriller feeling to it. And it right. does, like... It does move very interestingly. That You do have, like a sense of pace and a sense of, like, action moving forward. Yeah. It feels like an intelligent thriller. It kind of is like Spotlight, but... Mm. And I really love Spotlight. I think it's an excellent movie. But you can't enjoy Spotlight because it's yeah. about child molestation.
0: Yeah. so That's literally what my point here is. says, is that, like, Spotlight isn't something you can just put on because, like, then you're also having to deal with the Catholic Church and all the... Yeah. Terrible things that have happened there and it's totally it's a it's a bummer. It's kind of
1: like Schindler's List.
0: Yeah. In it's that a way. beautiful film.
1: Yeah, it's very well made. It's an important film, I'd say, Spotlight too, but you can't enjoy it. Whereas this you couldn't enjoy watching because mm-hmm. there is still a level of like Hollywoodness about it. Yeah, if I'm, like but in like the right way. Well and the
0: subject matter is is politics. Yeah. And it's something that we deal with every single day
1: but also no one feels bad for richard nixon no and so it's okay you can enjoy this like the victims in this were the democratic party and people high up in the white house so like no one gives a shit like it's a, it's a, we can enjoy to watch the downfall of these people or these people suffer for whatever reason because it's kind of like everyone kind of deserves it
0: yeah and like honestly when when i think about it a lot of times so though i think the true victims are like the american people yeah especially at this time when they lose trust in in their president yeah
1: so yeah those were my initial thoughts
0: oh okay yeah <laughs> the thoughts they change.
1: the thoughts they no 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 they I, I i i would say initial thoughts in the way that
0: that's what you walked away with
1: that's that's what i walked away with there are other yeah. feelings but overall that's that's what i feel
0: mm-hmm.
1: are you gonna say anything
0: Oh, I thought you should perhaps have more feelings. <laughs> I mean, so I do have more feelings. Back. There's
1: other things I, w- I will address, but I kind of want to hear, like, your your thoughts yeah, about this. I mean,
0: so my thoughts walking away from it. I'm trying to remember when the first time I watched it was. I think it was, like, in high school, because I did have a Robert Redford face.
1: Mm. Which is understandable, to be quite honest. And
0: I remember the, the first time I watched it just walking away and just being like, this is boring.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <So> you probably <laughs> young.
0: As you probably learn now, when I was young, I was young. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then I started to watch it more like probably when I became a young adult, so like 18, 19, Mm -hmm. like in university those days. And I started to become more interested in American politics and like understanding it. And like, I am unfortunately one of those Canadians that does not under, does not follow Canadian politics, but I will follow American ones because there is a little bit more like, there's more excitement with yeah. it, there's a little bit more drama. It feels like watching Real Housewives to me. Yeah. And so a bit, I am yeah. right. And I, I'm attracted to it in that way. And so because I always have that reference point of Dick and Watergate, I did know that this was something that I was going to enjoy watching. Yeah. And I would always walk away with it with like the sense of like we need like good journalism yeah. in this world. And, like, I always walk – the, the way I can best put it is, like, you know how in Jeremy Maguire, he just has this, like, epiphany, and he starts, like, typing yeah. out his – what what do they call it? it? It's, like, a memo, but there's, like, a bigger word for it. His And it's, like, all of the things that he wants to see in this world. Anyways, I felt like Jerry Maguire yeah. <laughs> and that I have this purpose now, and I need to let people know that, mm-hmm. like, we need to change journalism today, because – what this this movie is essentially about investigative journalism and could be essentially very boring, but there it's like you said it is so exciting to see these two men go through it and run through the story mm-hmm. and interview the these well they're not suspects but interview people and try to get information from them in a time where you we didn't have cell phones yeah. we didn't have social media we didn't have we didn't have access. Like, like, they didn't have any access yeah. back then. And so it's really nice to see them on the ground. And that, that's what I really love about this the most is that it is very grounding yeah. to me. And, like, it's always just a reminder of, like, what was. And, like, yes, now it's great. We have all this, you know, these resources available to our media. But, like, is it really great? Yeah. And I love that question of, like, are we better be- as a society yeah. as we've developed? Or should we go back to, like, actually investigating things, like, bob woodward and carl
1: bernstein it's interesting because i was watching seinfeld the other day and one Mm -hmm. of my favorite episodes of seinfeld is the episode where they all decide to go to a movie i don't know if you remember or the gang decides to go to a movie okay um jerry is supposed to play at a a comedy club and then he's Mm -hmm. meeting elaine george and kramer at a theater and George gets there first. He waits in the long line. He waits in a, tickers, a ticket holder's line instead of a ticket buyer's line. Movie sells out. And then kind of like chaos ensues. So they have to go to a different theater. Kramer stays back and he's going to wait for Jerry. Jerry actually can't go to the movie anymore because he has to go to the set, but he has to go tell them. And like, then they go to the other theater and then they have to go inside. And so Elaine has to go yeah. save seats and Jer- George has to wait outside. But like, there's all this stuff. And I was just like, you know, you could never have this episode now because you every you it. would just send a quick text and it would yeah. all be done
0: yeah.
1: and it oh, it completely kills it it completely yeah. the the magic that you have with not being able to communicate people that easily mm-hmm. is is completely lost now
0: so lost and so like I love my cell phone. Don't get me wrong. I love that we're recording a podcast.
1: Yes, exactly. That will be listened to on many people's cell phones.
0: Yes, exactly. Hold on to those phones, guys. But whenever I do watch this, I'm just like, it was so, like, you really had to get in there and get dirty. And, like, it was such a simple time. And, like, and, you know, people weren't. Complaining, Oh, I wish I had a cell phone so I could text. I mean, they were, but like they weren't, people were happy. They weren't like miserable because they didn't have these devices. And I think about so many of like the people I know in my life, like if I took away your phone from you for, you know, 24 hours, there are a lot of people that would go crazy. Yeah. And it's kind of sad. It is
1: kind of sad. And I think, I feel like this kind of reminds you the pursuit. It sounds so cheesy, but the pursuit feels a lot more raw. Yeah, it doesn't feel like sitting at the computer, just Googling away and like Mm -hmm. looking into everything. And like it feels also, in all honesty, it's a lot more accessible because of that, because we don't have Mm -hmm. computers with passwords and encrypted things and clouds. And, you you know, what have you about technology, everything Mm -hmm. is in like ledgers and on paper. And it's a lot it it keeps it, again, a lot more grounded and a lot more raw. So you have the ability to do this. Yeah. Then I have other questions. Mm. Mm-hmm. So this movie came out in nineteen seventy
0: nine.
1: Six. Six. Yeah. And Watergate started in seventy one.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That's a very short period to be making a movie.
0: Yeah, well, so Robert Redford was really like I don't know if you read about this, but he was really like Really interested in Watergate yeah. and knew and read Car- Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein's reporting and knew that they were writing a book, and so at the time that they started to write a book after everything had gone down, Robert Redford went to them and be like, "When you write that book, I want that book and I want to make a movie out of it." And so he was like on it, yeah. And so as soon as it was completed, he had the rights to make this film, and I think. We would not see this today, though. Like, I don't as think quickly? in, yeah,
1: absolutely in three
0: years' time we're going to get, you know, a, a movie about Trump's presidency.
1: Or about the storming of cap- the Capitol.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. exactly. We're not going to get that. We're not going to
1: get that that quickly.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: we're going to have to wait many years for, to see that thing.
0: It also, it's just, journalists today, like, they're not as pure and well-intentioned as I find that these two people were. Like, yes, of course, they... I don't think they show this in the film, but I I think they did have their own agendas in terms of their own, like, journalist careers and, like, wanting to get ahead of it. It wasn't just
1: the pursuit of the truth, as the movie would have you believe, yeah. I'm
0: sure there were other intentions there. But do you get that sense, though, of, like, if I think about somebody today doing it, I feel like they would just be so cutthroat in the way that they try to get the truth across. And a lot of times that's what muddles our news media and what's being displayed to us. And that's what gets us like in all the, all the trouble that we're having today. I just, I'm so mad at CNN. All <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, I mean, in many ways, I feel like the movie might gloss over then The other aspects of, of journalism mm-hmm. in that there were versions of CNN and there were like, the movie makes it seem very much that the Washington post and Woodward and Bernstein were very pure, And the goal was the truth. And that, you know, the second amendment. Above everything else, yeah. Above everything else. But fact is that was never, that that wasn't the case. And if this was a super left-wing, you know, democratic newspaper that was trying to undo Nixon, the Mm. movie never shows that. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't even give that, it doesn't even... That
0: impression that's like, let's take down the president. Yeah. The president was probably involved in this and was doing shady shit. We need to reveal this. Yeah,
1: And that's... Not disingenuous, but I think that's also, like, a a victim of the times. I think mm-hmm. the earnestness of it, of trying to say that, like, oh, look at these, look at the earnest, honest journalists and the, the little newspaper that could. Like, that was kind of, that's a little bit of the mentality. It's not overwhelmingly so, but, yeah. like, part of you is like, I think we all know there was a little bit more going on here.
0: But that's what makes a good movie in 1976. You can't do yeah, that today. and that's fair. Like, nobody's going to watch that. Today and then it kind of remind my my dad this week was watching Richard Jewell, mm-hmm. which is garbage. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was right. He I walked in right at the scene where like Olivia Wilde and John Hammer at the. Have you seen it? No,
1: but I've oh, also okay. heard it's garbage.
0: Yeah, it's garbage. Um, well, it's look garbage because that movie features a journalist who did whatever she could yeah. to get her story. And this journalist in real life is dead, so you can't ask Ooh. her if she did these things. There's nowhere, nowhere is it written or c- confirmed, confirmed that she did sleep with this FBI agent to Ooh. get the story. Oh, you didn't know I this? I didn't know this. Oh, this was like a whole thing when the movie came out is that people were just like, well, this she's is really dead irresponsible. Yet. She's dead, and they have a scene in which she sleeps with an FBI agent to get information, and then the next day writes a story. Oh, that's not cool!
1: I did not know yeah. that was a thing.
0: And that's, that's Clint Eastwood. To me. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah yeah. I don't know who wrote the script, but or original, Clint Eastwood but,
1: directed it, so.
0: But he made that decision to yeah, go with exactly. It. That's the kind of movie that we need that we are making today. Yeah. Not that we need, but we are making today because. Yes. That's what yeah. garners a audience attention, yeah. and like I just feel like this movie made me realize that we've become garbage people. <laughs> but I mean, then world. you
1: do have something like Spotlight, right? And that's the, true. The Spotlight is very comparable to this because it is mm-hmm. very much the same thing. And I feel like what the Boston Globe does and what you know Spotlight as a as a group of investigators they do. It's interesting because I feel like that movie can preach its nobility. Because yeah. it's not like you could say, "Oh, like they were against child molesters," and we want to hear the other side. We want to hear the people who you know. There's no one gives a shit about the other side. There is no other side. So you're in a position to make the Boston Globe and that whole, like institution, look a little bit more angelic. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like we don't need to see no. the other side. Whereas in this we, well, no. part of you is kind of like, you know, I I think we know there's part of the truth we're not seeing. Whereas in Spotlight, yeah. I feel like we, we are seeing the whole truth. It feels very authentic. Spotlight feels at many times like you're watching a fictionalized documentary.
0: Yeah, it does.
1: This doesn't?
0: No, this does feel very scripted. Yeah. I, but like, at that time, could you imagine watching something that would feel that way, though? In 1976? Like, there weren't many movies about these kind of things.
1: But I think the other thing about it being in nineteen seventy six is I feel like having it that all of that be so fresh in your minds, mm. this would have been like the movie to see.
0: There's so much power. There's in So it. much yeah. power just in doing in it. So the story quick. alone. Yeah. God bless Robert Redford, though. Oh,
1: that's a ballsy move <laughs> to do, and I mean,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he's Robert Redford, so he could do it.
0: Yeah, he's one of those rare breeds. He can produce, he can direct, and he can act. And I just love him. He's the
1: weakest in the acting.
0: He's not the greatest actor, but I think he just think looks
1: like Brad he... Pitt. That's the issue.
0: <laughs> Brad Pitt looks like Brad Brog- Pitt. I know. Fine. <laughs> Brad Pitt is a better actor yeah. than Robert Redford. I'll say that. But I think he—I don't know—it's his persona. He can command things from other people. Like he's the one that went to Dustin Hoffman and was yeah. like, "I want you in this movie." Yeah. And like people just when Robert asks, people do people it. Do and it. He makes really smart choices.
1: Yeah, he does. He does. He's a good filmmaker. I'll say more than anything. Yeah. So the other things I want to discuss. There's two things. Okay. Okay, I have one other thing. Oh, so do you want to do your thing?
0: Yeah, I want to do my thing. Okay. Should I do my thing? Yeah, I don't know. Should I do one and then... No. Should you do one I do one? So my
1: one is (laughs) going to lead to two. So you do your thing and then... Because my two is the thing I didn't like, so...
0: Okay. I wanted to talk a little bit about, like, the casting of this movie and, like, what it looks like in terms of a Hollywood picture, because when we watch things nowadays that are based on a true story, mm-hmm. I feel like there's so much um, importance put on like, how is this actor going to look like mm-hmm. the person that they are portraying? Yeah. And like, they'll do these dramatic transformations. And like, I think about like Charlie Theron in, in Bombshell. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay. There you go. Oh, and- <laughs> That's another one.
0: Yeah. Bombshell is the first yeah. one that came, but Monster as yeah. well. And like, A a lot of clout is given to actors and actresses when they do that. Mm -hmm. And what I love about this movie is that, like, Dustin Hoffman and Robert Woodward look nothing. Yeah, they look nothing like Woodward and Robert Steen. Nothing. And so you're not... Your attention isn't drawn to, like, the fake nose that Nicole Kidman is wearing. You're just you're listen I feel like in this movie you don't just watch it you listen to it and you're listening to the story being told and you're watching them act out what what breaking the story was like for these two men and I at no point am distracted by like is that Dustin Hoffman? Yeah or you know is that this person
1: That's very fair.
0: Yeah, and especially since having just watched Spencer, yeah. I think that, that there is something so really grand about that simplicity. And I just wanted to commend them for that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Here you go. Yes, congratulations.
0: Good
1: job, guys. <laughs> My first thing I want to talk about is also about casting, but mm-hmm. I want to talk about how white and how male this cast was. Because yes. it was a little jarring. <laughs> I'll say that, like, watching this now, I. And to God, do not believe in cancel culture or that just because something worked back then. If this was me today. Yeah, if this was <laughs> me today. I don't care about that. I like, I'm not saying that like it was bad. That was, first of all, also what that office probably looked like. That's also yeah. what these people look like. That was just, that was society back in the 70s. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it should have been colored. I'm just saying watching it now, it is a little jarring.
0: Yeah. It
1: is a little like, whoa. It,
0: it does take, yeah, especially because. I just watched The Eternals. Yeah. yeah. And you were talking (laughs) about diversity.
1: And it's interesting because I've come to, I've started watching a lot of like feel good Bollywood movies recently. Like instead of Mm -hmm. having like Seinfeld or like other sitcoms in the background, I've chosen to watch movies like feel good Bollywood movies that I've really enjoyed.
0: Mapkehekon.
1: Yeah. I watched this Mm -hmm. one called Hamapkehekon from 1994. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but it is essentially a a three and a half movie, three and a half hour movie about nothing. And it's so great. It's so great. I don't even know what, but it just makes me feel really good. So, anyways, all this to say that as I'm watching these movies that are obviously South Asian, and I'm South Asian, mm. but they have a very distinct culture, they have a distinct pull. And then to turn one that off and turn this on, it was jarring. Here I'm mm. watching a movie full of culture and color and all of that, and here I'm watching Wonder Bread. Like it really yes. did feel like, and it it was it was just kind of like a.
0: All the president's white men. Yeah,
1: And it (laughs) takes... I think it actually... It took me out of it and took me a little... Maybe a little bit longer to put into it. And that's really not the movie's fault. But I think it is more about watching things when you watch them. And how that... How important that I think that plays into your viewing
0: experience. Yeah, because like on one hand you know i'm saying like today's society has turned into trash because of all these like technological advancements but then like now when you look at a movie like if this movie was being made today or you look in a newsroom today hopefully you know in some places across the world it'll it'll look differently it's not a bunch of white men
1: yeah exactly there's literally two Mm -hmm. women in this movie who have like substantial three women who have like substantial lines and all... Don't
0: forget about the White House operator. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, she was important. Yeah. The other thing, also, I'm watching one right now, a Bollywood movie, that I'm not going to mention because you may or may not be watching this. I haven't decided yet. Oh, great. But <laughs> it is, it's it's a, a love story that I'm a big fan of. And it's, a, it's a, a newer movie, so it develops a little differently. But what happens in this love story is that you know exactly how it's going to end. And somehow, even when I first watched it, this movie that you knew how, what what was going to happen at the end, because it's going to hit all the beats, somehow still had me having an emotional reaction, still had me looking forward to that ending, still had me surprised by that ending. Mm -hmm. And that is a nice experience. While I was watching this, I was kind of stuck on, why should I care? Because I know exactly where this is going. I know exactly what's going to... I know the beats. I know what's going to happen. And then the thing that really caught me off guard was, I know where this is going, but let's not show him resign. That threw me off. The movie builds, really? Yeah, The movie builds to President Nixon's resignation.
0: Resignation.
1: And we get it in almost the, the equivalent of a footnote.
0: Uh, that's what... I love the ending of this. Oh,
1: interesting.
0: Yeah, I think that, like, for me, the ending... So the way it ends is um, Woodward and Bernstein are in the newsroom and they're typing up something and over the radio you hear about President Nixon's resignation. And it just like focuses in on Woodward and Bernstein typing up their next story. And for me, I think it really proves the point that this isn't a movie about... Watergate, this isn't about Nixon, because let's not give him any more attention. Let's not build upon that ego or his paranoia because he had it. (laughs) Let's talk about what it is like, what it takes, what it is to be a journalist and to to research a story, to find out information, to have to deal with the office politics as well. And I think it helps really focus that because you're fo- you're literally focusing in on these two men writing their next story as opposed to like, this was the end result of these two men writing their story.
1: That's an interesting, that's an interesting takeaway because that isn't how I viewed it, but I can totally see that perspective on it, that it's not about it's not about Nixon, it's about Woodward and Bernstein. And that's kind of mm-hmm. the Swedish perspective. But I will say that this again the whole time I was like while I'm watching this when you when you know how a movie is going to end, the stakes become so minimal that the questions are always why am I like what is my investment in this? Am I going to get out something emotional? Am I going to get out something surprising? Like what am I going? Mm-hmm. This I'm not watching for the emotional like this Bollywood movie that I'm watching right now the end has an like it it manages to get an emotional rise out of me so that's what I'm getting out of it something like The Sixth Sense for instance you're continuing to go because there is you know shock and surprise in it there's something there what is it here though what am I getting because I know where this is going and so that's fair and so I wasn't I didn't have that sense of like
0: not something to look forward to yeah
1: or that there was no gratification there was no sense of gratification because I knew the beats. I knew the beats from the beginning. So there was no sense of gratification while watching this to be like, job well done, men. Because I knew from the beginning, yes, job well done.
0: <laughs> but I I think you didn't know the details, though. And like they do a really good job at teaching people what it's like to write a story in this as well like there's a lot of scenes like when they're in the car or they're in the diner and they're like talking to one another about like, if you know this about this, then you're going to assume this, but they're like, it's not fair to assume and like whatnot. And like, I think there, there are teachable moments in this movie. And then it's also just like, how, how did this come to be? And I think at the time that it was released, I'm sure there were a lot of people who read their book Um, And thought like, oh, maybe the movie will introduce something a little bit differently. And so they wanted that Uh extra information. I think at its time, there must have been some gratification. I
1: will say, I feel like at the time, it would have been a different story. I will say because at the time, I think in 1976, because of its proximity to the actual events, I think, Mm -hmm. and the fact that you didn't know. I don't think like... Where was the... There was no internet. There was no dick. There was no... Like, there was no things to kind of inform yeah. that. So this was actually educational for people. I think people actually learned how this all came to, came out. Whereas now, it's again, you're watching... You've seen so much and you've heard so much about this that when you're watching it now, you're like, all right, I know everything that's happened here.
0: And part of me... Are we ready to go into sequel prequel? Like, yeah, yeah, that's a great... Yeah. Part of me is like, is there should be an addendum to this movie of like, you know, in 2007 when it, they revealed who Deep yeah. Throat actually was? We didn't even talk about how the whole work as <laughs> Deep Throat, which I just, I think is amazing. <laughs> I, really I, right. I love him in this. I just, I, he's very mysterious in this and he pulls it off.
1: I find the Deep Throat sequences the most scripted though. Like, I don't know if Deep oh, yeah. Throat was so, like, mysterious in his, like, well, physical persona.
0: Um, well, Bob Woodward, Bob was the one who had talked to yeah. him the most and, like, obviously knew who he was. And he was very adamant about it being Hal Holbrook. And obvious... they kind reasons of look alike, they yeah. They do, yeah. They do look very much alike. But I think there probably was, like, choices made to, like, but cover him up a lot, yeah. too. Because we don't want people to guess, like, oh, it is this person. Yeah. But I don't know, I always walk away thinking, like, he does a really good job of that. Like, I don't, I, every time I had watched it, I always, for, I always forget who Deep Throat is, but I realize, like, as a society, we now know yeah. who it was. And I always have to go and look up, like, who was it again? And then, like, how Hal Holbrook just, like, gets that. No, he does fair. it. That's fair. Yeah. He sparks it.
1: Do you have sequel prequel
0: ideas? Yes. <laughs> um, so I feel like maybe there should be an addendum Um. that is, like, or maybe a sequel, to 2007 when it was re- can I re- can I tell people yeah it's on
1: this? Wikipedia
0: <laughs> okay. in 2007 when it was revealed that Mark Felt who was the deputy director of the FBI at mm-hmm. the time he was Deep Throat so he was like the number two in charge of the FBI yeah. he was the one that was speaking with Bob Woodward um, like maybe something about that but there is a movie about that I just realized is there <laughs> Yeah, it's I think it's Liam Neeson okay. and he played I think it's Liam Neeson and he plays Mark Felt and okay. I forget what it's called. It might be called Felt or something. But I was also thinking like, wouldn't it be interesting to have a movie about how Robert Redford teamed up with Bob Woodford and Carl Bernstein to make this movie? Yeah, like they're doing that with The Godfather. Yes. I think it's yeah, like yeah. a limited series or there's a movie that's coming out. That's about that. And I just feel like this would be a really interesting movie to explore as well. Yeah. To be like, how did this get made? I
1: could see that. This is totally yeah. one of those, like, that the making of movies probably super interesting. Right. Yeah. And I feel like at the time, especially because it was so fresh, there was definitely some... It definitely wasn't easy for Robert Redford to get it made.
0: No, there were probably some bumps yeah. in the road.
1: So I could yeah. see that. That could be an interesting
0: film. And, like, I would love to see... Carl Bernstein and, like, someone playing Nora Ephron and, like, seeing their marriage. And, like, that would be just, like, really fascinating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, you can just watch. It's called Heartbeat or
1: Heartbreak. Heartburn.
0: Heartburn. Thank you. You could just watch that. And that is Carl Bernstein and Nora Ephron's marriage in a movie. And Jack Nicholson essentially plays. Yeah.
1: Meryl Meryl Streep and Jack Nicholson.
0: Yeah. I watched that on my birthday last year. Oh, yeah.
1: I've read read the book. I haven't seen the movie.
0: Oh, You don't need to.
1: Yeah, the book the book is good and I've heard that from a lot of people that like read the book, don't watch the movie.
0: So yeah, that is my sequel prequel ideas. Do you have any?
1: I don't. But yeah. I am curious about your rating. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. Yeah, I get to go first, yeah, don't I? Do. Okay. I thoroughly enjoy this yeah. movie. Yeah. It, it just like sparks something. Actually, okay, so we did this thing at work recently where we gave each other superlatives and I got voted most likely to start a protest.
1: <laughs> really? That's not what I would say. Yeah, at and all. I was
0: like, I got that and most likely to be the next CEO of our company, which oh. was like really interesting. Yeah. I thought I was going to get most likely to get away with murder, but I didn't. That's what I would have given you. <laughs> Thank you. I think you Because I could. Yeah, I think you could. <laughs> not that I have. But I could. <laughs> But this really did, like, sp- I think it's because I'm always talking about, like, what's the justice yeah. here? Like, what are we getting to? And this really does um spark my inner social justice warrior, in a sense. And it's just so fascinating to me. And I really am interested in journalism. There was, like, a time in my life where I was like, oh, maybe I could be a journalist. Yeah. And I think this movie helped d- dig into that a little bit. And it's just so refreshing to me to see something so... It's it's very layered in terms of its subject matter and what you're watching and it's very intelligent yeah. and the way it is presented is so I'm I'm saying edible but I feel like that's the wrong word yeah. for it I can digest this, uh-huh. no problem. I don't feel stupid yeah. when I'm watching it. I understand what's happening in here. There are a lot of different characters, but the movie does a great job of telling you who these people are and what their importance to the story uh-huh. is. And on top of that, you're getting this insight look into what it's like to be an investigative journalist, especially from two individuals who weren't like huge names at the time. They weren't, you know, the stars yeah. of the Washington Post. They shortly became so after. But this is really what it was like for them when they were in that nitty gritty, just like trying to find out the truth of the story. And yes, while it is especially earnest, I think that that is more a telltale of its time than what we're used to today. But I do thoroughly enjoy watching this every four years. But now I like, I did watch it last year. So now I'm going to watch it again, I guess, in a couple of years. But yeah, I will say that like, your points of it being very white are, are valid, but again, of its yeah. time. And like, I also feel like that would, if I did see like an Indian man in the middle of yes. the Washington Post newsroom, I'd be like, that doesn't That's feel so right strange to yeah. me. Yeah. So it is very authentic. And so I'm left with, I'm really like debating what it should be. Like if it should be five or it should be four Ooh, and a half. That's high. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with four and a half. Why not
1: five? I, if you like it, I you like think, it, man. If that's what I it know. is for you.
0: Am I saying, though, that this is, like, a perfect movie? Like, is there anything but, in this that I would change? Perfect is, you know. You know what?
1: Let's give it five. Five? I'm giving, All yes. the President's Men,
0: five stars. All the President's Men wow. is getting five. I love all the elements of this. I think they've done a fantastic job. And the one thing that we didn't talk about, though, is that it is still tangible and still presentable all these years later like at no point like it's obvious it's from the 70s but i'm not like this is so dated no
1: it's not no
0: and i think it is because it is about about this time period and it's about a true story that 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 obviously comes across but like it i feel like i when i watch this today i'm like yeah this like this still makes sense yeah especially with what the u.s has been going through in the last like
1: 10 years but yeah (laughs) Interesting. I did not think you would go that high.
0: I'm going with high. Yeah.
1: I'm kind of like, I really love it. Meats. That is high. Good for you.
0: Oh, now I'm worried about yours. No.
1: (laughs) You don't (laughs) have to be. Like, if that's, again, movies are how you feel, right? And how they they hit you. I think this is a great example for me of a movie that is very well made. I don't have, Mm -hmm. I don't have anything specific I disliked. I did, I I think the one thing about, like, not having Richard Nixon at the end, definitely, like, rubbed me a little bit the wrong way, like, not being, but when you, like, frame it in the sense that, like, yeah, it is about Woodward and Bernstein and not about Nixon, I'm like, yeah, I can appreciate that, I can appreciate why the story ends where it ends. I think it's very well made, it's very well acted, it is a, it feels like a thriller, which is really nice, because there is probably nothing more boring than watching journalism. Like, but,
0: yeah. journalism
1: itself is interesting, but, like, watching it happen is just, like... It's like watching paint dry. And this movie mm-hmm. somehow manages to make that interesting. I think, for me, the thing is, is that I do think that while this movie is not dated, and while it still feels relevant and it feels potent, I do think its relevancy and potency does decrease the further away from the incident you get. I don't mm. think... I don't think it has the lifespan of something like again schindler's list let's say because the impact of the holocaust is global global and it's timeless Mm -hmm. whereas the impact of watergate is it thins and now like in art it's very saturated to a u.s audience and it's very saturated to a u.s audience so the movie itself there's nothing wrong with it it is actually a very well-made movie again i didn't have that sense of completion i guess at the end or the like what are the stakes here why should i care any of like those were questions in my head and even though i'm watching it unravel and i'm interested in watching it unravel it is a little over two hours so it's a it is a commitment of a film i'm not necessarily like blown over by anything or moved in any specific way because you knew the the overall beats so i would recommend this i don't i didn't love it as much as you so I'm more comfortable going with three and a half stars.
0: That's a good. I was worried you were gonna be like two no, or something. No, I, like,
1: I was. I was oscillating ew. between three and three and a half. And mm-hmm. initially, I do what you do is I give our vote and then I see how I feel about that. And I yeah. said three, and I was just like, no, I don't. Something's off. And then I mm-hmm. said, no, I think three and a half is actually a lot more where I. F- Feel It Sits.
0: Seven feels good. Seven feels good. It is a good movie.
1: Yeah. It's de- most definitely a good movie. And my issues yeah. with it, I think, more, like, personally how I feel about it, rather yeah. than the movie itself.
0: Hmm. I am glad I found a classic movie yeah. that you have not I love watching a good
1: classic hard. movie, honestly. Like, I think they're so fun. And I think... Why had
0: you never seen this? We didn't go over that. I don't know.
1: Maybe because what it's what a movie about you? journalism.
0: It has... Bobby
1: Redford. I know. You know I'm not a huge fan of Robert Redford, though. I'm not like... No, Mitha. Uh, I'm sorry, Mitha.
0: But do you love Brad Pitt? I
1: like Brad Pitt.
0: So then what's not to love him for Robert <laughs> Redford?
1: I mean, Brad Pitt's from my time, so I have a little bit more, like, that's connection. That's there.
0: And you know what? In a way... Brad Pitt has sort of become the Robert Redford of our time. Of our, he's yeah. a great producer. Yeah. He's producing all these Oscar movies. Yeah, he's
1: producing some great films. Yeah, and he's He
0: hasn't directed yet. It's we'll probably play. too high to do it.
1: Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was all the president and his men.
0: Yep, Woodward and Bernstein.
1: And that's also November, Mita.
0: Oh, because our
1: next—that's so weird
0: because it's November
1: ten. <laughs> I know it's only today. November ten. We're so ahead. But that means oh gosh. next week we start the Christmas movies. <gasps> <I forgot>. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah. I actually I bought a Christmas wreath today. Did you?
1: Congratulations! I did. What a time Thank to be alive.
0: I'm not gonna put it up until after Remembrance Day, So don't at me yeah. <laughs> Follow the rules. But I I saw it and I am like oh this is up. this one was only like 39 bucks. Yeah. All the ones I've seen are like 60 yeah. and 75. I'm like I'm getting it.
1: Yeah, good for you. So. It'll go up tomorrow afternoon?
0: It'll go up on Friday. Friday,
1: okay, that's fair. I
0: wait the whole Remembrance okay, Day. Okay,
1: that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I respect that. Mm-hmm. But, Mitha, that means it's time to play...
0: Different characters. Same, Same world. world. Okay, Mitha. Mm. Three actors. <laughs> Three actors. Three
1: actors for this Is it a
0: foreign language film? We are
1: talking good old-fashioned American movie.
0: Anglais?
1: Anglais.
0: Anglais. (laughs)
1: Anglais. Okay, meet that. So, the three people you are looking for are... we Cole Sear. Okay. (laughs) Dickie Greenland.
0: Okay. And
1: Fanny Price. Okay. And your timer starts now.
0: Dickie Greenland is Duke Law in Talented Mr. Ripley. Yep. Right? I Sorry, it's Dickie kidding.
1: Greenleaf, but that
0: is correct. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Greenleaf. But that is correct, yeah. right? Okay. Um, Fanny Price. Why am I, like, forgetting who that is right now? Okay, let me think about Duke Law movies that I haven't seen. We can't be watching The Holiday because you don't <laughs> like The Holiday. Wait, and you've... Are we watching... <laughs> And
1: how many times have you seen The Holiday?
0: (laughs) So many times. Mm. So many times. What's like a Christmas movie that has Jude Law in it?
1: 40 seconds. Um... And my son's starting to wake up, so move along.
0: Oh my gosh. Um, Are we watching The Aviator? (laughs) I don't know why I would guess. (laughs)
1: <laughs> such a weird, such a weird guess, but are, no.
0: Are, are we watching Cold Mountain? No. Please don't make me watch oh. Cold Mountain. Okay, that's
1: a minute. We watch
0: it. Oh, okay.
1: Do you want me to tell you the actors and you can take a guess? Yeah. Okay, so Jude Law in Talented mm-hmm. Mr. Ripley. Cole Sear is Haley Joel Osment in The Sixth Sense.
0: Okay. And
1: Fanny Price is Frances O'Connor in Mansfield Park. What
0: movie did you do with Haley Joel Osment? Is it artificial intelligence? You're
1: watching AI Artificial Intelligence.
0: <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay, that is a choice for Christmas. <laughs> yes. I guess I'll find out. So, yeah.
1: Yep. Yep. We we'll find out. Okay. I hope I'm. Okay. <laughs> so I will be honest.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm not going to go into why I'm picking AI in general. I think from what I remember, there's a reason for it to be in Christmas, but I could be wrong.
0: I'm dying. Because you you also don't love Spielberg. So this will be interesting. Yes. There's reasons. That you don't love Spielberg. Well, no,
1: there's reasons why I I put it on this list.
0: Fair. And you're so excited for West Side Story.
1: (laughs) We'll talk a lot about Spielberg next week.
0: That's a a fun conversation to have.
1: Spielberg will be talked about. This is two and a half hours, Mitha. So give yourself time. Mm
0: -hmm. Great. (laughs) Where can I find it? Amazon Prime. Oh, I love Prime. Okay. So you can
1: watch it on the Primes. There we go. But yes, that is for next week.
0: Yes. I am actually excited about Francis O'Connor. I really love Francis. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You'll see. Yeah. Bita, do you have any parting words for us?
0: I do. Follow the money.
1: It's good. It's sage advice.
0: was not in the book. So people were like, ooh, follow the money. Oh. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I mean, you have to make, right. the movie has to be a little bit more enticing.
0: It does. Mm. And like, what great advice though. Yeah, because it's so, so And then they followed the it's money. It's timeless. And then they broke the story. Yeah. <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and...
0: Rate and review. And we will
1: see you next week for some Artificial Intelligence.
0: I am a robot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Have a good week, friends. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by No
0: One. You can follow us on Instagram at Movies to Watch Pod, on Twitter at Movies the number two Watch Pod, on the TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod, or send us an email at Movies to Watch Pod at gmail.com.
1: As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon.